0: Now let's get into this week's show. Welcome to the How to Hunt Deer podcast, which is brought to you by Tactican. This podcast aims to educate those who are interested in becoming deer hunters, brushing up on essential skills, or maybe just adding a few new tactics to the toolkit. Here we cover a variety of topics that are going to help you be more confident and successful in the field while you're hunting deer. Thank you so much for tuning in this week, guys. I am... Uh, in the middle, I guess you could say, of my Wisconsin rut hunting trip. And boy, it has been one for the books. So, uh, Pearson, I actually did, uh, my buddy Pearson, I actually did a uh, full recap so far last night. Uh, and it aired on the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast today, which is November 7th. That is Tuesday. So, if you want the full rundown of both of us and what's been going on um you can go listen to to that episode of the Wisconsin Sportsman that launched November seventh. But uh, I'm going to be flying solo tonight. Um, I've got a few things that have happened, man. It's been it's been a fun trip. It's been a good uh, a good learning experience for me, and has really served to stretch me. And you know, I'll be honest with you. I'm feeling a little bit in the dumps right now, but also feeling a little bit confident about tomorrow. So. Let me start off with the update. So I left on Halloween night, uh, October 31st, after trick-or-treating. So that put me not getting out the door until, you know, 10 o'clock or something like that. Like once, once kids were in bed, once candy had been eaten, once I got to say goodbye to the family. And drove through the night all the way up here to Wisconsin. Uh, stopped for about two hours for a quick nap. Uh, I was really, really struggling at that point. Really having a hard time keeping the eyes open. But anyway, was able to make it up here on that Wednesday by somewhere around, I think one in the afternoon. And when I got here, I'll tell you, I was absolutely wiped, absolutely exhausted. And I thought, you know what, it's probably a better use of my time. Take tonight, unload the car, organize my gear, get settled in where I'm staying, Um, then maybe go ride the roads a little bit, check out some ag fields, see what's going on, see what crops are down, see what crops aren't down, which that ended up being really helpful to realize that man, all of the corn here was still standing whenever I got here. So that was a big bummer, uh, really, really makes this property a lot more difficult to hunt whenever that corn is standing because there are quite a few acres of corn wrapped around this, uh, wrapped around this piece of public that I like to hunt here. So anyway, got here and got settled and did the drive, saw the corn. And you know I was I was already a little bit panicky because I was not getting a lot on my cameras, but I figured, you know what what that is telling me is that the spots where I have the cameras are spots that I just don't need to go. So I'm gonna stay out of them a little bit. So I got a little bit uh I don't know fancy i guess you could say on that first day morning one i did go ahead and jump right into a, an old standby spot that is you know typically pretty good this time of year it's an area where i killed a buck in uh, 2021 i think it was yeah my 2021 buck uh, i actually shot another buck there earlier in the fall in 2021 that i was not able to recover that was much larger and so, you know, this is an area where yeah, I've got a lot of pictures in the past and it's just, it's historically a good spot during the rut. But so I sat there the first morning, uh, just a, a way to spend, spend the morning, right? Like I wanted to get the first climb out of the way. Uh, it was actually my first time in the tree for for all of the fall of 2023. I've been very, very busy starting businesses and uh, taking on new things and trying to be dad at home and husband and Be responsible, uh, (laughs) which is which is pretty tough when it comes to uh, my love for hobbies. So, anyway, I sat there for the morning and totally blanked. But what I did do is I got in. I made a lot of mistakes. I figured my gear out. You know, it's kind of like riding a bike, and a lot of it is very very familiar. But then a lot of it too, you just forget. I made a lot of noise, uh, messed up a lot of things, and. Was glad to kind of have that one out of the way. For that evening, though, I decided, you know what? It's a weird wind. I'm going to go in. I'm going to go way back into this marsh. I had these grand ideas that I was going to go way back in there, and I was going to glass this area that's nearly impossible to access. I had my waiters with me. It was going to be great, right? Like, I was going to be a regular Dan Infault here, and it was going to be awesome. I get, I don't know, a mile and a half across this marsh. And it has been a slog. I'm pushing through uh, grass and other wetland type of plants that are over my head, so I have I can't see where I'm going. I have no idea. I've just got onyx out, and you know I'm trying to keep a good bead in the direction that I want to go. But I can also see that there are you know duck scrapes and stuff where I'm trying to dodge these wet spots. Well, finally I get to the spot, and I'm like, man. You know, quarter mile left to go. I'm almost there. And if I can just get there, the reward will be worth it. I'm two hours into the hike at this point, and I was just dying. It's, you know, a little warmer than I wanted it to be out. I'm wearing waders, hiking through this tall stuff. Physically, it's very, very difficult to get through. Then I get out there and I realize, okay, I'm surrounded on three sides by water, which is by design because there's this little spot where I could cross the water, or so I thought. Uh, this little, like, I guess, finger that juts in between these two larger ponds, but then there's a smaller canal that connects the two. I was going to cross that canal. I get to the canal. I'm like, okay, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to cross this Then boom, I'm kind of done with water. Well, I go to cross the canal and very, very quickly, I realize the water is way above my waders, like possibly even above my head if I were to get all the way into the water. So that's not going to work. That means I have to go out around these bodies of water. To loop all the way around, and I knew that if I attempted that, it was going to be a much more difficult route, and I just didn't have it in me at that point. So I decided, you know what, it's simply not worth it. Like I have got a lot of other spots that I can check out. I'll never make it there by dark, and that was kind of the original reason that I decided to pull the plug. I realized at this point I wasn't even going to make it by dark, like much less get there in time to uh, have a good hunt. I'm just not going to make it there at all to even be able to see what I needed to see. So I back out and I go to kind of a number two spot, right? Like it's, it's a spot that I thought that maybe I could see a long ways, maybe get some eyes on something, but there's also a little bit, a little bit of a pinch there. So I thought, well, maybe the deer pinch down right here and I'll be able to, um, I'll be able to see, you know, see what's going on out, out in this uh, portion of the marsh. So I get to this little pinch and I'm sitting there for a while, right at last light, a doe comes out. And she kind of catches me off guard. I was down in front of where I had been sitting. I crawled down the hill, in, you know, just a little bit. And she caught me off guard. So I dropped my binos or I set them down next to me. So I thought, and it hit the grass and they ended up rolling a little bit down this hill. And that obviously makes some noise. She gets a little antsy, just kind of walks through the area, takes a couple bounds and then keeps going on her way. But she was looking back. So I thought, okay, there's a buck on her tail. So I sit there and I'm watching... This uh watching this buck step through and I don't know it's a buck at this time, but then he steps into one of my shooting lanes that I thought was more clear than this, but you know, obviously on public land you can't really clear shooting lanes. So he steps into the lane, and what I can see is his front shoulder, I can see vitals, and I can see a fork sticking up above the the brush there. So my assumption was okay, it's a little forky. Tailing this doe, I had seen you know forkeys on camera in this general area, so I was like, all right, that it's the forkies that I've been seeing, or one of them, and so no big deal. So I do what bow hunters do, right? Like I take a practice draw, settle my pin, you know, look at it, whatever, and I pass this supposed forky The deer takes a step, he's out of the shooting lane, goes through some brush. When he steps out of the brush on the other side, he's probably forty five plus yards, right? I mean, I didn't range him at that point. He he was he was too far for a shot. And I realized, oh no, that's not a, that's not a Forky at all. In fact, that's a giant. Uh, What I had seen was a split G2. And (laughs) what makes it even worse is I was at full draw on this deer and I, I in no way had my heart rate up. I wasn't excited in the sense of like having buck fever. I was excited to see deer, obviously, but I didn't have buck fever or anything like that. So if I would have just decided, you know what, a Forky is what I came here for. I would have left with a deer that I would be very proud to have on my wall. But because I was what some might consider a little bit greedy, I had to watch this buck with a giant frame run out of my life forever. Um, And yeah, that was a a hard day one. Hey guys, just want to take a quick minute to let you know that the How to Hunt Deer podcast is brought to you by Tacticam, makers of the best point of view cameras on the market for hunters and anglers. They're on the cutting edge making user-friendly cameras to help the everyday outdoorsman share your hunt with friends and loved ones. Their new 6.0 camera has a ton of upgraded features this year, but the one I'm most excited about is the new LCD touchscreen. In my mind, that's a total game changer. And one area Tacticam really shines is with their mounts and adapters that are made with the sportsman in mind. If you've tried to film your hunting and fishing excursions in the past, you know how frustrating it can be to get an action camera aimed just right or get it attached to your weapon or in a good spot for a second angle. Well, Tacticam makes all of that a breeze with their line of accessories. This fall, I'll be using their stabilizer mount on my bow with a 6.0 camera and their bendy clamp paired with a 5.0 wide camera for a second angle and to make sure I don't miss any of the action. To learn more and check out their full line of products, head over to their website, Tacticam.com. Share your hunt with Tacticam. But ever since then, though, I very quickly got have been on bucks. Like I went into some historically good areas, uh, found a little bit of sign that I liked, I've seen uh, bucks following does, pushing does around out of bedding areas, that kind of thing. And actually, two nights ago, I had a dream buck come sprinting in. I decided to make a move in the middle of the day. I've been sitting basically dark to dark, right? So I decided to make a move in the middle of the day. I'm going to move over about 150 yards to a spot that I think is a little bit better than the one that I'm in. So I climb up in the tree. It's a beast to get into the tree, but I finally get settled and it's not very good to hang in the tree is a real leaner and i mean leaning hard and yeah i have to get up to where the actual tree itself begins to branch off towards the top because it's a smaller tree and it's just just not very comfortable and the shot is going to be to my weak side so i'm gonna have to spin all the way around on my platform to get a good shot Well, right at about 230 245 somewhere in there i hear a deer coming i look up it's a giant he comes into my shooting lane, which is pretty wide. I mean, I've got a shooting lane there that's probably, I don't know, 10 yards wide. And he's kind of trotting through. And so, I try to stop, stop him with a little, you know, and that doesn't work. So, I end up doing that four times. And the last one, I basically just yelled at this thing. And he stopped. He looked up at me. And I did exactly what I did last year. I grazed the top of this deer's back. I thought at first... That I would missed him forward. But I went down there, got the arrow. There was a little bit of hair. It was cut real, real short, right? Um, Really, really short. So, like, no blood, no fat, no skin, nothing. Nothing except for uh, just hair, you know, just short hair. So, I'm like, okay, I grazed him, whatever. And it looked like I missed him forward, at least from what I saw. Now, no excuses on the shot, right? Like, I, I was all twisted up whatever. But at the end, at the end of the day, I had bug fever bad. Like I was shook. I did not expect a deer to come charging in at two 45 in the afternoon. That's why I sit all day, right? Like that's why I do that. But for some reason, I just, I wasn't on my A game and I wasn't expecting it. Didn't make the shot. I ended up getting a picture of this deer though. Cause I do have those cell cameras out. I ended up getting a picture of the deer and I did not miss him forward. I grazed right across the top of his back. The exact same thing that I did last season to the buck that I ended up taking. So I've got to get something figured out when it comes to my shooting. I, I think it's just a case of target panic, right? Like, a, like buck fever induced target panic. As soon as my pen drops down from the top, which it shouldn't be doing that, but it is. And I see brown and I pull the trigger. And you know what? Everything happened fast. I was freaked out just is what it is. But anyway, that buck is still around. He has no worse for wear. You can see on the deer that basically it's just some hair shaved off. I don't know how I got so close to hitting this deer solid, um, without actually cutting him, but it doesn't appear in the picture that he's cut at all. It literally just looks like somebody took a razor and shaved his hair off. So, um, but it's definitely him, and it's definitely an arrow wound, uh, or at least, you know, an arrow mark that I can see on this deer's back. So, anyway, all that to say, I was in a funk after that, man. I was feeling down. I'm away from the family. I put in a lot of hard work for this. I've been hunting dark to dark. I've seen a lot of bucks. I've had a lot of bucks in shooting range. Like I said, if you want to hear more, you can go listen to the Wisconsin Sportsman. But I, at that point, I, I had seen like, I, don't, I think I saw like six bucks that day or something ridiculous, I mean, it was just, it's been crazy, it's been really, really good hunting, but I'd had so many deer in shooting range, and so many things happened, they, you know, one of them, I I drew back on and let down, because I thought he was too small, but he turned out to be a giant, another one, he could go left and follow the does, or he could go right and go work a scrape, and if he comes left, I'd get a shot, if he turned right, I couldn't get a shot, well, guess what, he went right, left his does, and went to work a scrape, and totally walked away from the does, so it's just been one thing after another, um, <clears throat> you know, when it comes to this trip. And so after that, I was totally deflated. I went into yesterday, hunted mm, till about one o'clock, twelve thirty in the afternoon, and finally got that spot dialed in where I had sat the evening before and you know grazed that deer. So what I ended up doing was finding a spot where I can hunt this from a north wind, which is because it's been good for a south wind but I wanted to hunt this place on a north wind. The access is going to be really a, a pain, but uh, I'm going to have a good shot with a north wind, and hopefully I can get another crack at this deer. There's there's just really good movement along this, this specific movement line that I am had been hunting. I gave it a break, though, today, and I did something fun, and this is really the meat, I guess, of the episode. What I want you guys to take away from this is – Today, I just decided, you know what, I want to enjoy my hunting. You know, these last couple of days, I've been getting in super early. I've been walking super far. I've been doing things like wading through chest deep water, up creeks, you know, to get to where I need to be. Um, I've been working so, so hard. And today was gu- was going to be no different, right? Like I was I was in over a mile again today. I mean, long slog through the marsh. So not an easy walk at all. I'm going to do it again tomorrow. But I went into an area today with the intention of scouting, and I wanted to call on my way in because I was going to be down in kind of the thick of it, right? every All around me is good, solid bedding cover in this area, and it's just a huge chunk that is providing good bedding cover. So I get down in there. I see a buck actually in a in the cornfield that I crossed to get in there first. He did not come to the calling. He was not responsive. but You know, I'm heading in at first light so I could see him. So, that was cool. Right off the bat, I got a buck 200 yards from me. That's kind of neat. I get back into the bedding. I'm getting ready to make my first calling sequence. I see a doe stand up out of her bed. She doesn't know what I was, so she just kind of went around the bush and laid back down. So, that was cool, too. I do a calling sequence, nothing. I push in a little bit further, and I do another calling sequence. And this is once I really started finding some buck sign. And I do another calling sequence. And wouldn't you know it, next thing you know, I hear a buck coming. And he is walking from, I guess it's my, my east. And he makes a big J-hook all the way around me. And when he's coming in, he is just being aggressive. He is rubbing trees. He's grunting super deeply. Bruh, and so I'm like, man, this is going to happen. Like this, This is going to happen. And I thought for sure what was behind me was too thick for him to get around or really want to get around. I thought he'd come into the opening in front of me to kind of check things out. And that was kind of my goal was to put really thick stuff behind me so that they wouldn't get downwind of me and wind me. But he most definitely got downwind of me and winded me. He was probably about 20 yards whenever he finally winded me, though. I could hear him coming. He was breaking branches and stuff, trying to get through this thick stuff. And then, and then finally caught my wind. I never could lay eyes on him though. So I can only imagine, uh, you know, the, the size of the deer, he sounded big, but who knows? I mean, it may have been a one-year-old buck with, uh, you know, just a really deep grunt and really aggressive tendencies. I don't know. But what matters is the fact that, uh, man, rattling worked. Like I got in there and in this bedding area where I was finding buck sign, I rattled a buck comes in. It's awesome. Right. Get in a little bit further, and guys, I'm, I, I'd be lying if I told you that I've found a better spot to hunt ever in my life. I found um, a giant, well, I say giant, I found a very nice primary scrape. The scrape is probably dug out three inches deep in the ground, and there are no less than seven trails that converge at this one scrape area. So I back up a little bit and I decide, you know what, I'm going to give this a little bit of a sit here in the late morning into the midday and see what's going on before I continue my calling and scouting. So I sit there for a little while and I see nothing, but then I do hear a buck grunting and moving from my east to my west. And he's clearly just cruising, but grunting the whole time, bruh, 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 and loud too, uh, which was really, really cool. Getting down here in the marsh, I heard a lot more buck vocalizations than I normally would hear uh, when I'm not hunting down in the marsh so it's interesting you know I guess it's just maybe a symptom of being down in their bedroom where they're a little bit more comfortable so I get down in there I hear this buck coming and he gets past me and I'm like oh man bummer that's that was my chance you know he's 30 yards beyond the scrape and I just couldn't see him so I'm like you know what I'm just going to rattle to this deer and try to call him in so I do another rattling sequence and I'm breaking stuff and I'm hitting branches and I'm stomping around. I mean, I'm doing the whole thing on the ground. Right. And this little Forky turns around and comes all the way back in. I'm assuming it was the Forky that had run through grunting the first time because he, you know, very quickly came in kind of grunting again, just a little bit. But uh, so I assume it was the same deer either way, rattled in a buck, a second buck to rattle in for the day. And actually had another one that responded as well. So I just realized, man, that was a lot of fun. Like, I slept in a little bit this morning. I went in at daylight. I walked slowly through some really thick stuff. I sat up in several places on the ground, and I just called to deer in an area that felt like a deery area, like a really, really deery area. Like, I was down in there with it or in it with them. And, man, what a lot of fun. And that's something I just want to leave you guys with, this rut. Just have fun. Man, hunting the rut can be so uh, grueling, painstaking, annoying, difficult. Um, But at the end of the day, you can go out, have a good time, keep it fun. Do the things that make it fun. I got up after that sit. I scouted around. I found another good area, or I found, you know, that this is the best area that I'm at. And so I'm going to be back in there again tomorrow. It's supposed to rain. And I'm going to get in there in the rain early in the morning, and I'm going to sit there and make sure that I am there when the rain lets up. It's supposed to rain all day long, but I'm going to have my Huntworth gear camo on, uh, my Huntworth rain gear on, actually, which I've said it before, guys. It's the best rain gear I've ever used. It actually keeps me dry, like bone dry on the inside, which is super, super nice. I've used a lot of rain gear in the past and just not been happy with it. But this stuff is breathable you don't get too hot you don't get super sweaty inside and it keeps you really dry so i'm going to get in there before daylight set up on this scrape on the ground the scrape will be something like 15 yards away so it's going to be a ridiculously close shot Um, but you know what it's the only place that i can be there's not a single tree to climb in here anywhere it's marshy nasty stuff but the scrape is torn up there are all these trails converging and if a buck wants to come in and freshen that scrape during a break in the rain i want to make sure that i am there so my plan is to be there dark to dark tomorrow uh but at the same time keeping it fun right like i'm 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 in there on the ground doing something different like that's just it's just fun stuff so anyway guys it's uh it's the rut it's the best time of the year to kill a good buck um maybe not the best time of the year to kill a specific buck that you're after but the best time of the year to kill a good buck so get out in the timber Spend some time out there, hunt hard, but make sure that you're having fun. And I'll catch you next week, hopefully telling you of how I sealed the deal here in Wisconsin. That's all for this week's episode. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. If you dig this show, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. If you can leave us a five-star review, I would very much appreciate that. While you're at it, you can follow along with my outdoor adventures on Instagram at deer. That's also the best way to get a hold of me, suggest topics that you want to hear, guests you want to hear from, or questions that you'd like me to explore on the show. Big thanks to our partners, Tacticam, Huntworth, and Onyx. Please go support the brands that support this show and help me bring you great content each and every week. If you're looking for more outdoor content, check out thesportsmansempire.com, where you're going to find my other podcast, The Wisconsin Sportsman, as well as a ton of other awesome outdoor podcasts.